ignore the, the feedback. Uh, I'll play it cool, because that's what I do. Johnny Cool. Johnny Cool is in the house, everybody. Mm-hmm. Welcome, everybody, to <laughs> Beer, Bourbon, and Balderdash. Balderdash. Johnny's Balderdash. back. Yay, Johnny's yeah. back. Connected. I'm so I'm happy. So happy <laughs> <laughs> oh, shut up. Shut up, bros. Such a good. Yeah, it's all bros. Shut up, bros. It's all bros. Yeah. Yeah. High five. Oh, well, I'm so sorry you couldn't make it last week. Um, you know, Max filled in for you. He did his best. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if you listened to it. Not yet. I haven't had a chance to yet. All right. I've been busy. Yeah. Sorry. And that last week was a, just a weird week. Yeah. The, the timing ended up being way off. But fortunately, I got all that crap out of the way in one week. That's good. So that's good. That's yeah. very good. Well, awesome. Well, um, this is Beer, Bourbon, and Balderdash. Yes, so we're going to start with a beer and let's just get right oh, into it because we got a lot to cover tonight. Well, you know, a lot's going on in our world and which we need uh, to um, have our libations around us. Yes, we do. So, All right. So I feel like we did a Rubens once before. I know we have. Yeah, but that's okay because I really like Rubens brews. They make really good beer. I don't think we've uh, had this though. No, I don't think we've had this one. Uh, but I really like Rubens. This seemed like a good one that we both had and um, sort of a, it's almost a safe bet on this one, but this is Rubens Crushable Hazy Pale Ale. Yes. Um, I actually really like that we're doing a pale ale too because if, if I remember right, pale ale, hazy IPAs, or not hazy IPAs, hazy pale ales really became popular in like the New England style IPA, like they're hazy generally. And so it kind of started over here and worked its way across the country. Like not that long ago, if you handed somebody a really hazy beer, like these hazy pale ales are, people would think something was wrong with it or you weren't a very good brewer. But now people are doing it on purpose. Nice. Um, nice. So let's pop it open and give it a taste. Wait, are you to over 21? Uh, ooh. Uh, yes. All right. Here, we'll do it. Here we go. Oh, Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was sexy. My noise gate is on. It does. I don't think it picks it up as well as it used to when we were much louder on the background noise. Well, that, well, well. You need a button that does it. Yeah, I guess so. So I was told that you're not when you pour into a glass. Uh, I think John Taffer said this on the what was that bar rescue? You ever watch that show? Uh huh. Yeah, I love that show. Um, well, I love it for like a couple seasons, and then I felt like I was watching the same ones over and over again. Anyways, John Taffer said that you are not supposed to necessarily pour it at an angle, but you're supposed to just dump it over so all the gas can go up, and that's what causes the bloating is locking in the glass by not allowing it to escape when you just dump it in a glass. Hmm. What do you think? Truth or balderdash? So I think you have to think of it the way he's thinking of it because he's thinking of it from a business standpoint, and if you think about it, being bloated makes you drink less beer. But if you can do things that yes. make people slightly less bloated, yeah. you'll sell more beer. Yeah. So and to food. me, that is not a, a that's not well, and he's British, so like fuck him on his beer choices. Like is he British? Anyway. No, Isn't he's he? not British. No. What is he? He's got an accent. Like from Chicago. He's like a big mob boss type guy. Oh, maybe I'm thinking of a, a different guy. There's like a British guy that does it. Yeah, it's not Gordon Ramsay. 
No, not Gordon Ramsay. He's, <laughs> no, no, there's a different guy who like okay. looks like he was a Marine, but he has an accent. Oh, no, no, no. This, no, not John Taffer. If you saw John, yeah, if you saw John Taffer. Yeah, I know, Taffer, who, you're yeah, I know yeah. who you're talking about. That guy with an accent, he usually wears a sport coat. Like, if you don't do what I want you to do, you're not going to see tomorrow. That's the look he has. Yes. Um, but I, I can see from from a I want people to drink more beer standpoint, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, I don't know that necessarily from like an all around beer uh, adventure, I guess, experience, it's the right way to do it. Okay. That's but good. I like that's that. That's me. I don't want flat beer. I don't uh, want anyway. flat beer either. But I do want to drink this beer that's not flat because I did not pour it that way. So here's to you, Wes. It's good yes. to chat with you. Yeah, you too. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, it's got a beautiful color. It's hazy, hazy and ambery, not ambery, more like a golden wheat color. Yeah, it's like a like a, like a straw. I mean, yeah. it's hard. My lighting in here is weird. So Yeah, mine's not good either. I'm in the basement. But right it's got a nice the, the white background. Mm, it's got a nice, nice fruity... Um, smell to it <laughs> it's really funny your background yeah because you got like the it makes the glass in your hand disappear oh i know so it just looks, so it looks like, like, like i'm holding just your hand. smelling oh, my fingers <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny all right so what do you think about it let's take a little slurpy mm. oh it's pretty light it's almost non-tasting yeah it's really light yeah it's super light um there's not a lot of the piney, bittery thing going on. You and get almost, it's almost, the hot part of it is almost entirely bitterness and almost no hot flavor. Yeah. Well, and the uh, the fruity smell that I had mm-hmm. at the at the front, um, I don't taste it. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's only, let's see, inside their can, 5.2% alcohol. It's only 26 IBUs. It stands for International Bittering Units. Yeah. Um, so I'm sure we've talked about it before, but that's the way that you kind of should give you an idea of how bitter a beer is. But it's, I think this is one of those moments that, or one of those things that we've started doing as a culture that is not 100% relevant because depending on the body of the beer, that bitterness will change. So you could have something that says it's 60 IBUs, but if it's a really big malty beer yeah. at 60 IBUs, it won't taste as bitter because it's more balanced. Okay. Yeah. I was dropping I mean, some I like knowledge it. on you, Wes, and then you just ignored me. You just like blew me off like yesterday's dirty underwear. No, I'm like tasting it. I'm trying to <laughs> I'm right I'm actually writing notes while we do this. I'm gonna I'm trying to add a little more substance to our website. So instead of um you know, John and Wes put their fingers up their butt and laugh at each other all while drinking this bourbon and that beer. Um, <laughs> which is usually what I write. <clears throat> I'm Pretty trying much. to write some tasting notes. Uh, while drinking this and then uh, add that to the website. So while you're talking, because you're full of knowledge and I love that. Um, full of something. And I'm just, uh, no, I like <laughs> it because, you know, a lot of people um, don't like IPAs or hazy APLLs and I don't think they mm-hmm. understand it. Yep. Um, and I, and that, that kind of bothers me. So when someone like you who's pretty knowledgeable has this understanding and understands kind of why they market things in certain ways and stuff like that, that adds and so yeah, I like sure. that. Well, like thanks. Yeah. Glad to do it. I will say, like, <clears throat> I I find it really interesting when people say they blanket don't like something like an IPA. Yeah. Because it's such a broad description of things. Like, the bottom to the top versions of these are also different. Um, I think they just haven't found one necessarily that they like. Now, there are some people 
that taste hop bitterness as as like acrid and bad. Mm-hmm. That's just their genetics that do that. Yeah. And so there is a group of people that legitimately really don't like IPAs, and they probably don't like beer in general because of the hop bitterness. Uh, and that's fair. But you know, just to say, oh, I don't like IPAs at all. Well, that, I don't think that's necessarily true. I think you could probably find one you like. You probably don't like most of them. Yeah. Um, and a lot of them are terrible. Well, I, I used to be one of those people that would make the blanket statement, I hate all IPAs. And uh, since doing this podcast with you and having actually quite a bit of IPAs and you trying to talk me through it, I have found ones that I really like and I understand why there's ones that I don't like. Mm-hmm. And um, so I've really appreciated that education because now when I go up to, so uh, here in West Seattle, we have a great uh, pub called Good Society. And I was there mm-hmm. last Sunday. Yeah, I was there last Sunday with Scotty. And uh, they have a new IPA, and it's their uh, Alki Sunset IPA. And it was it was very, very good. Had a had a little weird taste at first, but I think Scott and I both chalked that up to that. We had just brushed our teeth and met <laughs> each other there. And so there was uh, probably some spearmint involved or whatever the mint was because <laughs> the second taste was a lot better. At first, we're kind of like, ooh, this is funky. And yeah. we did get the bottom of the keg, actually. So the guy gave us a free one to split because he kind of nice. it kicked on us. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, it it didn't change the flavor because the one that was fresh obviously wasn't bad either, and it tasted the same mm-hmm. as the others. Yeah. So it was I would, good. I I would encourage anybody to like. It it seems this is becoming more and more common these days as there's so many more beers out there, but. If you're at a bar and you want to try something, you're not sure what it is, just ask. Most bars will let you taste anything you want. Oh, yeah, they will. To They'll make give sure you a little you like, taster cup. Yeah, like they would much rather you taste it and know that you like it than to order something blind and not like it at all. Because then there's yeah. the risk that they're that you're going to say, this is bad, I don't want it, can I have something else? And then they're throwing out a whole pint instead of just a little taste. Yep. You know, a, a bar that is good would give you a different beer because they want your experience to be good because they want you to come back. Yeah. Shitty bars will be like, nope, you ordered it. Fuck off. Yep. I've had that happen to me, by the way. Oh, really? Was very, yeah. I was, I was very annoyed. Oh, shitty. And it, it wasn't even that I didn't like it because mm-hmm. I'll drink a beer I don't like. Yeah. It was bad. It tasted like Band-Aids. Like, it's a beer they should not have been serving at all. It's like bad Mezcal. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. Oh, I'll still I'll still drink it. I'll just drink <laughs> it faster. <laughs> I'll just shoot it instead of sip it. <laughs> Yep. That's so funny. <laughs> well, last week we uh Max and I had the Firestone Walker uh hazy Ooh, IPA. Yeah. And that was oh. like uh pineapple juice. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was super good. So Firestone does a uh, a bourbon barrel aged anniversary beer every year, and it's kind of mm-hmm. hard to find and expensive, but it is so good. Mm. It's almost syrupy. Oh, I love those kind. Yeah. So this so does I live got- up to its name. It's very crushable. Yeah. You could take these down. I think so too. It's good. I like it. I do too. Uh, All right. What are we working on with the bourbon today? Oh yeah. So the bourbon tonight. Oh yeah. Is from Two Bar Spirits. This is a Seattle. Oh yeah. I don't have that on the thing here. It's terrible. I'm glad you don't. The closest thing I have is Rimshot. Is that the same thing? No, that's okay. Sorry, you said rim, (laughs) and I thought something else. Anyway, family show. Uh, yeah, family show. Fuck. Um, <laughs> two bar, two bar spirits. Uh, we've had something from them before. I think we've, uh, I think we've just done their bourbon before. 
And uh, they're local. They're down on 4th Avenue uh, in Seattle. And I went uh, down there because they were having a special release of this. It's not even on their website. And this is their Counterbalance Whiskey. And it's a single malt collaboration. So uh, it's a special release. And it's inspired by the Counterbalance Imperial Stout. Oh, nice. Yeah. It was mashed and distilled by Two Bar and aged over four years in two bar bourbon barrels. Uh, these guys are the, um, their family comes from Texas. That's kind of their story. Uh, that's mm-hmm. where they get two bar because they settled in South Texas and established the two bar ranch. It's the Kaiser family. Um, so uh, their distillery then is in Seattle, Washington. Their lineage is from Texas. And it says here their single-minded focus on making great whiskey is what motivates their team every single day. They do it the hard way because it's the right way. And at the end of the day, it's just really good whiskey made by people with relentless passion. That was good ad, ad writing. Oh, yeah. Whoever did that. Nicely done. Yeah. hundred percent. That's the truth. And that's all the proof you need. Stop asking questions. All right. Mm. Do you know, so is it counterbalance brewing that, that brewed that? Yep. Super fancy thing. Yep. I like it. You know so, where counterbalance Hill is, don't you? Counterbalance park where uh, that name comes from. Uh, uh-uh. uh, so you know more. the so in in uh, Seattle going from Lower Queen Anne to Upper Queen Anne, there's one straight, very very steep hill from okay. the top of the hill to the bottom of the hill. That's Counterbalance Hill, um, and it's called Counterbalance Hill because I think it's called Counterbalance Hill uh, because there used to be a streetcar that went up and down it, and underneath the road was a counterweight that traveled up and down. Oh, that to, makes to sense. Help to assist the car going up and down the hill. And so then everything else around it started getting nicknamed after like counterbalance park and okay. counterbalance hill. And so that's where, that's where it comes from in Seattle is that one hill. Well, that's cool. Yeah. I think there was a tunnel underneath the road that the counterbalance rode in. So you'd never see it. It was just a big weight attached, like a big loop of cables, I think, or there was a pulley system at the top and bottom. I don't remember, but, but there's just a weight to make the car easier to get up and down the hill. All right. Well, the Apparently sad I fucked up all the time. <laughs> well, the sad thing about the Counterbalance Brewing Company is that they had permanently closed. What? Oh, yeah. As of last year, last September, October. Um. So this is kind of a special one then. Yeah, for uh, sure. Be, because of that, uh, be, just because of that fact. So, um. So thank you so to s- Bar for making this, and they had a big pig roast to celebrate this. So they had a huge pig roast out in front of their little shop down on fourth Avenue. And, um, we went in there, it was packed with people, actually some people that I know from their friends of, uh, my dad's side of the family and, uh, hadn't seen them in a while. And so got to say hi to them and uh, look around their little distillery. And, uh, cause they're kind of a craft craft, uh, type, um, place. And, um, anyways, so here we go with counterbalance. You ready? Yeah. It's got a nice color. It's kind of more of a darker, less straw, but a kind of a darker gold. Yeah. It's, it's nice. Against the white background on my monitor, it looks almost sparkling. Mm, it's, good. it's really sweet on the nose. Mm-hmm. It's got that single malt smell to it. Mm, there's something else there that I can't necessarily... Mm. There's almost like a... Like a citrusy sort of perfume. I think that's, yes, yes. That's what I was trying to get to, yeah. Yeah. 
it's like you got to cut through the there's a there's a lot of alcohol coming off it yeah. at first and once the alcohol clears you start to like that was covering it up yep and i think yeah and this is uh as 100 proof cuz that's all the proof you need mm-hmm. cuz that's their that's their slogan or whatever mm-hmm. so oh yeah i get it now all right well cheers cheers Ooh, that is unique. Mm-hmm. I get the single malt taste. I get like a chocolatey almost thing in there. That's pretty good. There's the mouth feels interesting. I, I with as much alcohol I was coming off at first, I expected it to be a bite right up front, but it's yeah. relatively smooth. I don't get it until it's like down my throat. Yeah, I did too. Hmm. There's something else. It's almost there. a. It's almost it almost tastes like like the aftertaste in my mouth right now. And this is possibly because of the beer too, but it almost tastes like um an unshelled, unsalted peanut. Oh yeah. Like yes. that kind of that woody Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. I get like that it's too. Not, it's not salt because it just doesn't have that salty yeah. um flavor, but it has that like almost like dirty peanut flavor, which is a weird description, but that's as close as I can get. Yeah. I like it. I do too. And so I'm trying to think of, I mean, obviously there's, uh, there's an, there's an oak flavor. There's so there's wood in there. Um, stout. Do you, do we taste stout? It, it kind of reminds me of if you've had the stout edition of Jameson, mm, it's Jameson yeah. with that butter cookie, but it has that is it's a little funky thing there that goes along yeah. with it. And that's kind of what I taste in this too, is that stout. Cause I'm sure that yeah. dark beer really gets into the, um, barrel. There's an interesting bitterness on the tongue that you don't usually get with whiskeys. Huh. You know, like that bitter, like a like a big IPA when you have that bitterness that just sits on your tongue doesn't go away. I'm kind of getting that with this one as well. Ooh, I'm not, not getting a, not that. A, not in a harsh way, but like yeah, just it's just sitting there. That's yeah. There is something at the back. It does linger. Mm-hmm. Mm. Should have sent me with more. It's going down too fast. Yeah, I got an old bottle. You yeah, but got, I'm not you guys there. just got to come home. I don't know what to tell you. All the whiskey's here. Uh, just to give people uh, a heads up, uh, what I would like to do is on our 50th uh, show, which is going to come up in, so not next episode, but the episode after, um, I, I think it would be awesome to do a little masterclass of beer and bourbon tasting and mm-hmm. to do it live. Yeah, for sure. So I got most of the things set up for a live. There'll be a link, I'll put it out on Instagram. I'll put it out on No Agenda Social, and I'll put it out on Twitter. You can find us on Twitter as well at Beer Bourbon Balderdash, mm-hmm. and uh, so we're on those things. And I'll put the link out there. Um, it's basically balderdashlive.com. You can go there right now. The last eleven episodes, I believe, just stream all the time. Um, and uh, so we'll try it live and uh, see how it goes. But we'll do. We'll talk about tasting wheels, and um, John will talk about how to taste a beer. Mm-hmm. I'll talk about how to taste a whiskey and uh and then we'll talk about some other <laughs> shenanigans. It won't be a clip show where it's the best of. Um nope. we'll just do a masterclass. And by that mm-hmm. time it'll probably be um our whiskey, our Irish whiskey. Oh yeah. I have four Irish whiskeys for us to try for the month of March. Uh, Love if, it. if we can continue to do it weekly, even though it's been a little mm-hmm. scattered lately. Uh my mom passed away 
couple of weeks ago and uh, suddenly of cancer. It was really quick. Um, so things kind of were a little uh, off balance. So we needed to counterbalance uh, tonight for the whiskey. And um, and John's been working his butt off uh, across the country too and trying to survive over there as well. And so things just didn't work out as well as we want to, but hopefully we can get back yeah. on track. Yep, because our fan needs it. We life. have quite a few fans. <laughs> and uh, right off, I'm, th- I'm thankful that you brought that up. Uh, thank you to everyone who listens and subscribes. Yes. Leave us comments. We we actually prefer comments. We like your Satoshis. Uh, we like any way that you can help and donate. But we would love your comments. Tell us what you like, what you don't like. Uh, interact with us. We have a Discord page. We have Instagram. We have Twitter. You can talk to us. We're very accessible. We haven't gotten too mm-hmm. famous yet. And uh, tell us who you are. <laughs> leave us reviews on Fountain.fm, on Yeah, we need, Podverse, we need those reviews for sure. On uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, if you're a normie. And uh, yeah, leave us reviews. Leave us uh, five stars and then say, you guys suck, but it's five stars. That's all we care about. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so we just thank our listeners. We thank everyone that listens and and hopefully enjoys it. And we always want to be better so, uh, so that you have something that you can enjoy uh, in your commute or while you're gardening um, or while you're just maybe sitting back enjoying a whiskey with us too. So. Um, so cheers to everybody that does listen. Thank you. Yes. All those things Wes just said. Cheers. (laughs) Cheers. Uh, before we go on to our, uh, story tonight, Mm -hmm. um, or not our story necessarily, but our topic and our topic is going to be UFOs. UFOs. Uh, but before we go, there's a bit of a Pacific Northwest bourbon news that I'm not sure if you're aware of. Have you heard of bourbon gate? No. Bourbon Gate. So means the, it's a scandal. Yes, the head of Oregon's Liquor Control Board. Um, oh, yep. There was an internal investigation because uh, the um, the Oregon Liquor and Cannabis Commission Board of Commissioners uh, was uh, found, or the executive director Steve Marks stepped down this week be- at the request of the governor because they were using their influence and their knowledge of knowing what bourbons were in what liquor stores to buy expensive uh, bourbons before mm-hmm. they went out to the public. And that's a no-no. Yeah. They're cheating the system. So they were getting I Pappy Van Winkle. Uh, there's like evidence of like, you know, the bags of Pappy Van Winkle, stuff like that. So the bottles, uh, which sell for about $300 retail, but can fetch $2,000 on the illegal market of the Pappy Van Winkle. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what they were doing. So were they uh, reselling it or were they just keeping them themselves? Yes. Both. Both and. Yep. What a bunch of fuckers. Yep. So uh so I thought that was pretty interesting. It is. And uh of course they're mad because they think that it should have just been held un- internally and not let people know that this was happening. That which, they were breaking the law. Yeah, which just sounds like typical like- Oregon politics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why would you tell anybody about it? Yep. Yeah. Just let me let me have my stuff. Yep. So, anyways, I thought that was interesting. People can look that's that up. Interesting. Yeah, that's yep. dumb. So all what the assholes. all the implicated OLCC employees were asked to resign. Um. So yeah. Is it technically legal or is it just against policy? Um. I think it's illegal. I th- I ca- I think they cannot use their knowledge to influence or to, um, to do that. 
Oh, yeah. This says that the commission makes rare bottles of liquor available to the public through a lottery system called Chance to Purchase. Mm -hmm. And they were using their position to buy them before they went to the public lottery. Yeah. The public, yeah. Winning, the commission said the chance of winning the right to buy one of these rare bottles is one in 4,150. <laughs> In a letter to the commissioner dated Wednesday, Governor Tina Kotek of Oregon, a Democrat. <laughs> it fucking matters. They're I all know. A of, all a bunch of uniparty. Hashtag uniparty. All right. Hashtag unibrow. I did yeah. want to. So I have a whole bunch of small beer tasting glasses. Like, yep. uh, I don't know, a lot, like 75. Um, maybe if we work it out right, we could do it in front of a live studio audience. Do what? Our our tasting training masterclass. Yeah, we'll talk about that. We can have a peanut gallery. No, I don't want people to see me. I want mm. to keep it mysterious how sexy I am. I'm re- I'm recording this. <laughs> I'm live streaming to the YouTube. <laughs> well, when I was growing up, I loved UFOs, and uh, I I love the whole idea of UFOs. I love sci-fi films. We watched a lot of Star Wars and Star Trek in my house. Matter of fact, my mom's favorite television show uh one of them was star trek the other one was ncis she is a boomer mm-hmm. and uh and i loved all things that kind of were in the conspiratorial even from a teenage years um including like uh i, I would read articles and books about seti which is a search for extraterrestrial intelligence um i love the movie contact by carl sagan oh. That's a great movie. It's a good movie. Um, so I liked all thing UFOs. I listened to Art Bell, Coast to Coast AM with Art Bell all the time throughout high school. Um, I even had uh, this wild nightmare that I remember so clearly about an alien invasion and uh, and going to my bedroom window and looking out the bedroom window and seeing like fleets and fleets of alien ships coming over uh, the state, the city. And then uh, as I try to run out of my bedroom, like there's no gravity and uh, these little Whitley Strieber aliens, the ones with the big heads and the big eyes are chasing after me and I can't get away fast enough because it's like running on uh, Stanley Kubrick's moon. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, so I, and I remember that just so vividly. I remember waking up from that really thinking that there was aliens in my bedroom. Um, That's terrifying. Yeah. So now that well, uh, if you met if you met aliens, would you be afraid of them? Do you think aliens are mice, nice or mean? I think we have been psyoped and conditioned by uh, media to think that they're mean. Mm. That they're not well intentioned. Yeah, I have a hard time believing that a society that becomes that advanced hasn't gotten to a point like they're not infighting anymore. They're traveling the 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 galaxies. I have a hard time believing they would travel all the way here to start a fight, but. You never know. I don't think they want to fight. I think I think we would be squashed by them. I think we're the zoo. Oh yeah, we totally <laughs> would be squashed by them. Yeah, we. I we're think we're. Necessary. I think we're the zoo. Like, we're the zoo. Like, there's no way we have the technology to defeat somebody who managed to get here from anywhere else in the in this um, in the universe. It's yeah. too big of a place to not have pretty advanced nonsense. Yeah, yeah I agree. So um, I did a little poll on No Agenda Social. Yeah, asking uh, about Project Bluebeam, which we're going to talk about tonight, which is the fake UFO invasion for a new religion and one world government. That's what Project Bluebeam is. Oh, I just got an email that says Project Bluebeam doesn't exist, so please stop talking about it. <laughs> Whoa, the Illuminati's <laughs> already got John's email. 
It's wow, that's that quick. John guy at hotmail.com. <laughs> uh, so there is three options on the poll. Uh, option one was it's all happening. Uh, number two, option two is utter balderdash. And number three is a little bit country, a little bit rock and roll. Mm-hmm. Uh, out of 23 people, I got 23 people to respond to my poll, which is pretty good. Nice. Uh, 26% say it's all happening. Project Bluebeam is happening. Uh, I know you're doing the math in your head. 13% say it's <laughs> utter balderdash. Sounds like it's rounded. Yeah. And 61% say it's a little bit country. It's a little bit rock and roll. So it's, and what that means is that it's, uh, it could, some of it could be happening. Some of it's bullshit. Um, what do you think aliens are? Uh, well, I mean, I guess the the first question is, do I believe aliens have visited us? Do you? Uh, no, I don't think so. I like, and that's a different question than do I think they exist? I think they, they're, the chance that there is not life on another planet, given how vast this universe is, I think is very small. Um, what is it? What is it called? The the Drake equation, where it's like let's use the odds and based on the number of stars and then like and assuming we know there's this many stars and we assume there's a certain percentage of them have planets around them and a certain percentage of those planets are habitable. It still gives us like ten thousand planets that are habitable. And if life started here on a habitable planet, why could it start somewhere else? Now, does it look like us? I don't know. Probably not. Yeah. But I, I mean, I have no proof, but this is one of those things where I'm pretty certain there's life on another planet somewhere. Whether we'll ever know for sure, I, I don't know. It's just so far away, but. Well, there's some uh, interesting stuff uh, that I thought we'd listen to real quick here. Um, and this comes from uh, people who would know. And, and especially what's going on right now, my personal opinion is that I think of them in several different ways. Uh, I think of them in the sense that um, I don't necessarily think they're extraterrestrial um, mm-hmm. as of n- from another planet. I think uh, they might be extra dimensional, so mm-hmm. not from our dimension. Um, I also think um, at times uh, I have thoughts of, which means I, I don't really have not settled on any kind of uh, idea of what they are. Um, that they actually come from the ocean since there's so much of the ocean that we still have not explored so that they've always been here um, and that they keep themselves hidden. And uh, so that's another one uh, thought that I had. And the third, I think these could just be technology that they're just kind of gaslighting us about that they say we don't have and we really have. And uh, mm-hmm. and other countries now have it and they don't want to tell people because <clears throat> that'll freak us out. So, yeah, I think that's very possible. I do like what I don't like is when people make the leap to it has to be extraterrestrials because we don't understand it. But like a hundred years ago, people didn't fully understand combustion engines. And well, maybe 200 years ago, like if you saw an airplane flying 200 years ago, you would think something crazy was going on. And now it's commonplace. They're all over the place. So just Hmm. this jump to, well, I don't understand it. And it kind of creeps me out a little bit. So it must be aliens. Just, it's too big of a leap. Oh, are you? Do you think they're using the God of the Gaps uh, type argument for this? Like, I don't sort know what of. it is, so it must be. It must be. Yeah, I can't explain. It's like in the, in Ancient Aliens, they do this a lot. That that show, Ancient Aliens, where it's <laughs> like, like we don't understand the, how shows. they did it, and yeah. we don't have this technology now. So yeah. because we don't know how they did it, it must have been aliens with advanced technology. 
Sure. And some of that stuff is really weird and yeah, and not explainable. Yeah. But I don't think that automatically means it's some being from somewhere else that did it. I love the skeptic in you. Um, I'm going to, uh, this is a former intelligence official breaks silence on government UFO investigations. This was within the last week, uh, since all this stuff's gone on. So I'm going to play that real quick. What does our government know about the UFO mystery? One longtime intelligence official has seen more of the Pentagon files than anyone. He is the only military man to work on three major UFO investigations, including one based here in Las There's Vegas. There's a CBS in Las the Vegas. The official is Jay Stratton, and he has never spoken in public or even granted an interview, that is, until he sat down with our very own George Knapp of our 8 News Now investigators. <laughs> Because a mysterious gonna object it, dubbed the Tic Tac be UFO befuddled U.S. Navy aviators and sensors off the coast of San Diego in 2004, the incident was dropped, not investigated. The first in-depth probe happened five years later under the auspices of a then-secretive program called OSAP, the Advanced Aerospace Weapons Systems Application Program, created by the Defense Intelligence Agency with black-budget funding spearheaded by Nevada Senator oh, Harry Reid. Tic-tac was the first UFO incident tackled by OSAP and its contractor, Las Vegas aerospace pioneer Robert Bigelow. The report was released by us in 2018. Jay Stratton is the man who wrote it. Every time I've done anything related to UAP or UFO has been my job. Um, and, and what I mean by that, I didn't really have a, a passion growing up. I didn't have all the books. I didn't watch all the TV shows. Um, I stepped into a job. I, at the Defense Intelligence Agency where uh, some things came across the desk. From 2008 until 2021, pretty much everything UFO-related came across Jay Stratton's desk. He made the decision to ditch the term UFO and use UAP instead, unidentified aerial phenomena. Stratton worked at the highest levels of naval intelligence, then was loaned to the DIA, where he excelled at reverse engineering. He and his colleague, rocket scientist Dr. James Lekatsky, kept seeing reports of unknown craft, but learned there was no central location where such mysteries were being analyzed. You know, all the stories you hear, right, there's probably the, the office that, that deals with this. And as we tried to find that office, we found nothing. So they created one. Stratton's colleague, Dr. Lekatsky, had been reading about a UFO hotspot nicknamed Skinwalker Ranch. After a visit to the Utah property, Lekatsky pitched the creation of a formal investigation. Harry Reid agreed to fund it. Robert Bigelow landed the contract. Stratton consulted with the OSAP program and then with its successor, ATIP. When the head of ATIP, Lou Elizondo, resigned and revealed its existence to the New York Times in 2017, Stratton was asked by his boss if he jumped back in and cobbled together a new program. He did. And that effort was eventually formalized by Congress with a new name, the UAP Task Force. I'll pause it right there. There's, and we'll, I'll play a clip here. There's a now another <laughs> new task force that the Pentagon just opened up. So they're talking about a task force. So the, the United States... Department of Defense, they, they obviously believe this is there's enough of this unknown things that they created a task force. And uh, this could be money laundering by our government for sure. But uh, these are high-ranking officials. So these aren't just like, you know, I was in my backyard with my telescope and I was looking up in the air and I found these things floating around. And at but first I thought. telling you. 
I'm telling you they're high ranking. There you go. All right, here. We'll if they were really high ranking, they wouldn't be talking about it. Well, well, they're former. So I don't know if they've signed anything. I don't know. That's no. that's a very good like point. That, like the first step is like, you want to do this? <laughs> sign here. Fight club. They're like, do what? Sign here and we'll tell you. That's right. That's right. Yeah, that's interesting. Good, good point, John. All right, let's play the rest. One of Stratton's projects was the creation of a comprehensive but classified briefing that included UAP videos and photos collected by the military. Most of those images are still unreleased, but a few objects encountered off the East Coast and even stranger objects buzzing Navy ships on the West Coast were leaked, then publicized. Stratton scoffs at the debunkers who tried to explain them away as flares or drones or birds. There's a lot of cleanup to do when, when you when you have a lot of these people saying it's birds or whatever they're saying. Um, it's frustrating because you know the rest of the story and you can't tell the rest of the story. In 2021, Stratton left the task force, but his work formed the basis of a stunning report to Congress. Stratton's chief scientist was Dr. Travis Taylor, now well known for his television appearances. Of 144 incidents investigated by the task force, 143 were considered unidentified. Stratton and Taylor now work for Radiance Technologies, a defense contractor with offices in 17 states, including Nevada. When Stratton and Taylor showed up in the audience of an Alabama UAP conference last summer, UFO circles were abuzz with questions about what their employer might be up to. Filmmaker Jeremy Corbell brought his cameras to record our interviews. Stratton admitted there are still more questions than answers. Probably remember the infamous quote from Congress that let's hope it's aliens. George Knapp, 8 News Now. Oh, see, that's weird. Mm -hmm. Let's hope it's let's hope it's aliens. Like our Congress wants it to be aliens. They don't want it to be anything else. That's weird. Well, no, I get it because if if it turns out to be like the Chinese or Koreans or something and they've created this like phenomenal technology that gives them power over everything, that's more scary to me than uh being from another planet or another dimension. You think so? so I I don't oh, yeah. know. I think we're psyoped already. We're conditioned to think Aliens are enemies. And well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I would rather be an alien because I don't think it's going to be an enemy. But if oh, it's like China or yeah. Korea or some or Russia that's figured something out that is above and beyond anything we've known before, that's more scary to me. But they would have already used it, it on us. I think they've already would have. They would have exposed it themselves. May, to it. Maybe, <clears throat> or maybe they're just telling our government we have it. And, I mean, maybe uh, the technology is not weaponized yet. Maybe the technology is just oh, like like spy capabilities. Like they're able to to fly in certain ways that we don't understand. Yeah, uh, but they haven't added nukes to it yet. Well, I think one of the other interesting things about this whole thing is over the so Super Bowl weekend, that whole thing last weekend. There's like three different shoot downs of yeah. unidentified things, and they haven't told us what they were. Like today, Somebody, somewhere they said they were they were smaller, flying at forty thousand feet, and they were like metallic balloons. No, well, the the one pilot said it looked like a car flying, and he didn't know how it was being propelled. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then some hobbyists have come out saying, "Oh, I hope it wasn't one of our weather balloons." And uh, they still haven't recovered the one in the Yukon they shot down, and the one in Lake Huron, yeah. and and they won't tell us what they are. So our government has no idea what they are. They haven't gone and looked for it yet. That seems weird to me. And now oh, they're looking for it. You know, they're looking for it. There's yeah, no way they're not. Exactly. But they're not saying anything. Even in the White House, they're not even saying anything. So maybe they don't know. It's weird. 
It's weird. It's suspicious, and the suspicion is what causes. The well, would you the rather theories. them come out and say we don't know anything, or like what's better, them saying we don't know anything, or them not saying anything? Oh man, what what I wouldn't do for an honest government. <clears throat> but like, is that honest? Like, if you would you trust them if they're like we don't know? Yes, I would they're trust them. But right now they're just radio silent. So yes, I'd rather have them say we're looking into it. We really don't know what it is. Um, we don't think it's this. Uh, but we'll find out. That sounds great to me. That's exactly what I want to hear from my government. Hmm. Uh, to me, at least. Yeah. I got I another mean, clip fun. here uh, about the new task force. If you want to listen to that, you good with that? Yeah. Oh, by the way, I think Skinwalker Ranch is really interesting. <laughs> that's a fun talk. We can we can do that on another episode. But I I agree. I think that's interesting. There's some weird too. shit that happens there. <laughs> yes, mutilated cl- cows with no blood in them. It's very weird. So this is, do you remember Kennedy from MTV? Uh, yes. Okay. She's on Fox business now and she's interviewing a theoretical physicist, Avi Loeb, um, uh, who's from Harvard. The Biden administration still won't give us any answers on what these objects are, what they might be. <laughs> the truth is out there. And damn it, I want to believe. Is it damn aliens? It. Might be aliens. Oh my the God, White I should clip that. The denied the possibility of extraterrestrials at the same time, launching a brand new UFO task force to get to the bottom of from whence these objects came. Are they prepping the public for something big here with all the answers? Theoretical physicist and Harvard University know. professor <laughs> Avi Loeb is back. Welcome back, Dr. Loeb. Thanks for having me. When should we start freaking out about aliens? Well, God, that's there a good was clip a director too. of National Intelligence <laughs> report delivered to Congress about a month ago, and about half of the objects uh, that they called unidentified aerial phenomena were balloons. I, I don't know if I can trust the foreign accent. Seems a little but suspicious they, to me. It was 99 Luft balloons. <laughs> Luft balloons. Oh, I wish Max was awake. We could call him right now. <laughs> Max, you're a pilot. Tell us, have you seen aliens? <laughs> Uh, there were some drones, but the second half was unidentified. So even if one object came from some extraterrestrial technological civilization, that would be major news. Mm-hmm. It will change the future of humanity. So we need to understand what all the objects are. The government may be interested just uh, in human-made objects, but scientists are very interesting in things that come from far away. And of course, the, those things do not adhere to national borders. It's not a matter of national security. It's knowledge, scientific knowledge that should be shared with all humans. Yes, but they have a, a way of dismissing questions like that. And I think it's very natural at this point for people to wonder. And, and they see how quickly our technology has advanced just in the last 50 years in this country. So imagine how advanced another civilization years might be and we deserve those answers so finally they're putting together uh this board it's pentagon faa and dhs just to name a few does this mean that the federal government is finally taking seriously uh the possibility that uaps might be from some exoplanet or uh civilization far far away that's a dumb yeah, question. I think it's good news. It's a blessing Stupid. that uh, they are so uh, worried about it that they will now pay attention that the stigma was removed from this <clears> subject <throat> because apparently there were lots of reports before then and some people worried about reporting because of the stigma. 
And we need to get to the bottom of this. Uh, I established a year and a half ago the Galileo project, which will collect uh, open data that will be available to the public and uh, use uh, artificial intelligence to figure out, to classify objects. And we are already starting to collect data and we are planning. In that was weird. So the mm -hmm. Galileo project will use AI to understand the uh, classified information to the public. Mm -hmm. mm. In the coming months to produce copies of this first observatory that is already operating. And it will just depend on how much funding I get as to how many copies we'll make. So irrespective of what the government does, <laughs> we will break the news. And therefore, you know, the government better be more open about what they have. They have to be. Uh, you're, most, you're absolutely right. Yeah. And, and what do you think, based on what you've seen and what you've studied, uh, the hexagonal object and the cylindrical object, what could those be if they are not weather balloons? Well, the objects that were uh, talked about um, did not have any propulsion. They didn't have any unusual uh, movement. Uh, they were just carried by air. Mm -hmm. So I would think these are probably human-made. But the, as I said, there are half of the unidentified objects whose nature is unclear. Yeah. And uh, it's quite possible yes. that we're being visited because, you know, <laughs> most of the stars from billions of years before the sun, mm -hmm. there was plenty of time for other civilizations to reach us with probes. And, you know, we ha we are just in the first century of our science and technology. They may have had much more time. And so we should just be open-minded and look at the yeah. sky. Maybe maybe we'll get some, some cool stuff. You know, if, if these are yeah. propelled, <laughs> cool stuff. maybe we can traverse She's all the about the swag. Yeah. without fossil fuels. It could be very Bring exciting. Bring us gift bags. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Absolutely. The Absolutely. Biden administration's... Oh, my gosh. The aliens came millions of years ago to put up balloons to float around the planet. The technology is so far advanced that they use balloons to see us. Yep. It's garbage. Yes. Uh, I don't know. I, <laughs> I don't, I've seen Star Wars. There's no way they're using balloons. <laughs> There's no way. They might be using 99 Luft balloons. <laughs> like, I, I feel like the, the statement that he made that's like, none of them seem to be propelled by anything. They're just floating in the air. That alone kind of disqualifies these from being anything other than just like some sort of balloon structure, not oh, from out of this world. You do not like that? That? that doesn't mean that, that I'm not, this isn't like a general overarching, there's no such thing as aliens statement i just like if that's true that they were all just floating in the wind why would a plane why would a uh a civilization fly here and just let balloons float around yeah like, this why is too would easy they? to track and then stay hidden yeah like why would they hide when there's something so obvious and easy for us to get to like it's not a secret that we can fly yep so i i don't know that seems suspicious to me yeah that's it seems suspicious to me too and uh, that was a bullshit interview because uh, yeah, it was. That was it was pretty funny though. That's for sure. That's what you get when you mix cocaine with rock and roll. That's right. That's so funny. Hanging out with Polly Shore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. You think she was into that? Hanging out with Polly Shore. Yeah. Probably. I don't know. I bet you can look it up. There's probably a picture of those I'm two sure together. There is. Do you think we should call our resident? Um, uh, our resident German uh, 
pilot and see what he's got to say. Let's see if he's up. You want to try? Yeah, yeah give him a holler. Let's give Let's him a see holler. See if he's up. Let's see. Well, I guess he does work weird hours. He does. It's only five o'clock. I know. Let's see if we can do it. Oh. Oh yeah, it's ringing. Shh. Be cool. Hey man, how are you doing? Hey Max, you're on with uh, me and Johnny. Hey Max. Hi. Oh, Hi, John. How are you doing? Can, can you hear me, Max? Can you? Can you? I hear, do can, hear you. Yeah, he does hear. You, oh. You're Bluetooth through I, the nice. uh, roadcaster. I love it. This is so fancy. You built up you. Yeah, awesome. It is. Well, uh, first. Good morning. Good morning. Or good evening. Yeah. Well, good evening for us. That's true. <laughs> are you in Seoul? Is that where you're at? I'm in Seoul. Yeah. It's ten in the morning. Right Just get up and trying to figure out what I'm doing with the day. Awesome. I don't know if you heard there? about that. Um, haven't found them yet, but I guess so. Keep an eye out. Yeah. Maybe there's, maybe, maybe there's aliens here. Hold on. I don't know. Maybe they only come out in the night. Hold on. I got, I got to play your jingle. I got to play your jingle. You ready? (laughs) I'm ready. Okay. Questions with Max. All right. So. (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) We have questions with Max. (laughs) <laughs> I told you I'd make it a jingle. Uh, yeah, you, you, yeah, <laughs> you did. <laughs> it's pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's silly but awesome. Yeah. So now, uh, we have, now that we have a jingle, this has to be a regular thing. Yeah. Yes. Right? Now, yeah, we have to call you. I'm just. We're just lucky that we caught him as he's uh, getting up. Have you pooped yet? Have you done your morning constitution? No, I oh. just had a had a coffee and oh, it's coming. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm waiting for it. Okay. So, um, all your years of maybe, flying, have you seen UFOs or anything that you thought was weird in the sky? I've seen a bunch of weird stuff, but nothing that I would think are aliens or what I what I would describe as aliens, probably. But I also don't know what they would look like. Hmm. So there were were a bunch of stuff last year um by only by pure luck we saw the start of the soldiers rocket from from baikonur okay and oh you you shared a picture if i wouldn't have yeah and if i wouldn't have known better i would say like that must be some extraterrestrial stuff because it looked so crazy and it was huge um but other than that i've I, i at least i don't remember being kidnapped you, know, I, I you don't remember being probed? On so, no, yeah. On some mornings, I got that weird feeling in my butt. But, you know, I, I just don't know if that's the Chinese food from the day before or if it's aliens. Yeah, probably Chinese food. Yeah. Yeah. It could be other things that are much, much I, worse that we don't need to talk about. Yeah. yeah. Depends on how much you drank no, the night before. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't I, I <laughs> But if I if I would be an alien, I would know where like most airplanes go and I wouldn't go there, you know. I would probably stick to the the like where they're been shooting down right now, you know. I would, would go or be at places like remote places over Alaska or like over I don't know some some sea like South um, China Sea or like in like in the remote ends of the Pacific. There is I don't know. There's that 
like point where they crash all the satellites and the, yeah. the space stations. Um, like it's a the point in the Pacific that is uh, like the most uh, far away from any any land. So if I would be an alien, I would go there and hide. You know, just you know, do regular trips. <laughs> well, Max is no, an alien. No, you close. heard it here now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but I guess. You I guess a, we you have will a visa, find out, right? so you're you're not an illegal alien. You have a visa. That works. Yeah, no alien here. Yeah, yeah. I'm a legal alien, <laughs> so to say, right? <laughs> uh, so uh, the things that were shot down over the last weekend, the three objects that were shot down, one in the Yukon and uh, one over Lake Huron. So is that you think aliens, or you think just bullshit? Things we don't know, but they're not aliens. Um, that's actually a good question. Do you remember, so to ask you something before I answer the question, do you remember during Corona, basically the White House admitted that they know about UFOs Yes. and nobody mm-hmm. like really cared. Yep. Like they just came up with that information. We were also caught up in <laughs> like all the other stuff that was going on. Everybody was like, oh yeah, there's aliens. Yeah. Okay, good, cool. Good time to <laughs> yeah, tell us about it. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, they already admitted to it, so I think it's it's likely. And the Chinese already said like it's not been us and okay. nobody nobody and, and uh, one of them was in sixty thousand feet. Yes. And you know, flying around in sixty thousand feet is not an easy feat. Uh, it takes some effort to, you know, hang out there. Sure, you have to be like a U plane or something like, like that. All the even so the, the the like regular planes that go the highest are like the private jets and they they can get up pretty high like forty five thousand feet. I think there's probably some like that go up to fifty thousand, but above that I have I haven't heard of any like private owned stuff sure. that is not SpaceX or whatever that has been up in sixty thousand feet. So what it's been. Yeah. It doesn't yeah, make any were... Oh when they went to go Sorry, John, go first. When they when they went to shoot that first one down, they even talked about how they weren't sure the rocket they were going to use was going to work at that altitude. Yeah, or the missile that they had, they were, they were concerned that it wouldn't actually be able to do it. Oh, that's interesting. So I didn't hear that. It was so high. Yeah, and uh, <clears throat> the the danger is also if it's too high and you shoot it, then it will still float there, and you have the the hazard of all the debris like crashing into other stuff that's flying around there. You don't want that to happen as well i think that was one of the reasons why they waited so long to shoot the balloon down to not cause any harm so to answer your question for me it's more likely that it's something that is i think there's a good chance that those this extraterrestrial in some kind because they already admitted there is this stuff and there is no explanation and if there was an easy explanation they would just give it uh, friendly or foe? I think if there would be foe, we'd, we we um, would know by now. Oh, okay. They, That's I, interesting. Because if, so <clears throat> my take on it is they're, if they're not from like a planet that is close, which we would have found out by now, I guess, they must come from like further away or deeper down insiders or whatever like yeah, they must come from yeah. someplace where it takes a lot of effort technology and 
I don't know if you like not let's not wisdom but knowledge to get here and do that. Uh, I would assume that they, if they can do that, they're so far advanced that they could have already done some damage. I think they're probably more like, hey, look at them; they're destroying themselves. Look at what they've done to you know their their habitat, basically, which Earth is. Like, they're they're probably more like, ah, not then then don't let's get into this. Just let observe. Observe. I, We're at the zoo. I don't, yeah, I don't. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> there is there. <laughs> Isn't there a new movie out coming out where like humanity crashed on Earth like sixty five million years ago or something? Oh, yeah, sixty five AD or something it, like that is the name of the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, maybe it's even like a could be a pre version of us. You know, we're we're talking aliens, but maybe it's just like a pre version of us that was hiding and did some experiment. Interesting. I recently read a book. It's 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 a yeah. It's it's a. I recently read a book. It's a German author. Unfortunately, and there's no English um, translation of the book, but the, but the theory is pretty interesting. <laughs> not Adolf. We're not getting it. I didn't say <laughs> Adolf. Why do you keep bringing him up every time you're on? <laughs> and there's a translation. <laughs> no. Did we last time? No, we didn't last time. Wow, that was rare. <laughs> okay, but go on. <laughs> All right. Anyways, to sum it up, the the story of the book was basically there were some some entity that made seven universes with seven Earth or seven solar system where where there is Earth in it and put basically the same ingredients into it, and humanity evolved um, very differently on those seven parallel dimensions. If you if you want to want to say so, and you could travel um, through those systems. So. That's also, I, th- I I just like the thought experiment of like, what's it not extraterrestrial? What is like a pre version of us that are still like watching us? Sure. Something. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, not just to interject, fun fact weather balloons fly up to 100,000 feet. So, wow, they're so, way in the stratosphere. So, 60,000 feet is not unreasonable yeah. for a big old balloon. Huh. Just saying. Yeah, it's not bad. That's according to weather.gov slash NASA. Oh, lies. it's a gov NASA. Nope. That's false. <laughs> weather, false weather dot, weather.com. Weather.com. <laughs> Even better. <laughs> well, Max, weather. thank you for dot AOL. Yeah. Thanks for uh, joining <laughs> us. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah thanks, sure. Max. Yeah. Yeah, we'll fly safe. Now, You're welcome. See you when you get home. Yeah, I'll see you when I get home and have a have a great podcast. Have a nice evening, guys. Thank you. Enjoy. You too. Thanks, thanks for taking the call. <laughs> Bye, Max. Have, yeah, a good, sure. have a good poop. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I'll let you know. <laughs> oh, don't that was fun. Picks. Yep. Don't, don't want to see it. Yeah, we don't want to see your poos. No, no German poos. All right. Well, let's get into the uh, the bigger conspiracy tonight. Uh, so this this op- episode is obviously going a little bit longer than usual, but that's okay because we want to we want to touch on this stuff. Uh, so like I wanted things. to talk. I do uh, talk about. Uh, Project Bluebeam. Okay. Okay. So, uh, Project Blue Book, which some people get confused about, is actually our government's uh, project, uh, secret top secret project through the uh, '40s and the '60s uh, with Roswell and all that stuff of basically, uh, so to speak, kind of covering up the alien crash in Roswell and so on and so forth, and everything that has to do with that. Project Bluebeam is uh, was created by a Canadian 
uh, Christian journalists, and I say Christian because some of this stuff is uh, very heavy Christian apocalyptic stuff. Mm. Um, as a Christian, uh, I don't subscribe to these things, um, but uh, much like what Max said, um, I kind of like the thought experiments uh, that are along with this. So, uh, yep, one of the sure. yeah, one of the things that I found about Project Bluebeam is that Microsoft actually has a uh, <laughs> a Project Bluebeam. Except theirs is a software for architects and engineers. So if you look at Project Bluebeam, you'll find uh, something with Microsoft. Personally, I think that sometimes these companies will do that in order to obfuscate the actual Project Bluebeam. So like, if you're looking at Project Bluebeam and I want to look up about the conspiracy, I get a bunch of Microsoft stuff from whatever search engine I'm looking for. I think that's done intentionally. Because if you think about it, like these guys at Microsoft, they're probably, they had to have looked up Project Bluebeam already to see if someone's already used Project Bluebeam. Well, when did Project Bluebeam start? 1994. It was originally published in 1994. So it's not that long ago. I mean, oh. I think you're giving their marketing team more credit. Too much credit. (laughs) (laughs) But that's what they're paid for to make sure they're not stepping on any toes. So they would have to look it up. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they did see something like this and they're like, oh, that's just some wacko. Yeah. It's fine. So the guy, the the Canadian journalist's name was Serge Monsat. And uh Serge, uh, he actually was a, a really well-renowned journalist. And then he kind of took this uh left turn at Albuquerque, if you will, and started talking about this Project Bluebeam, which he believed that um, either NASA or some elites in the governments, uh, Canadian and U.S. governments, were planning a mass alien invasion in order to usher in a one-world government and one-world religion. And so uh, they would do this by um, creating a fake alien invasion. And uh, this would then, of course, bring all of the world together because they have now created a common enemy. So now we're all going to rally together and unify. And from this unification, we're all going to be cool with a one world government. Um, There's several steps that he lays out. There's four steps actually. And uh, he, he basically, you know, this is kind of the ushering in of new world order, which I can play a super cut of George W. Bush George H.W. Bush talking about New World Order a lot mm-hmm. and uh, and a New World Government, which is for the Antichrist. So it's a very revelation-heavy um, conspiracy here. Uh, he also had a co-author, just as a note, he had a co-author that was unnamed, another journalist. And after he published his Project Bluebeam information, um, his daughter was taken from him by the Canadian government uh, without really reason. They they basically said that he was abuse, uh, abusing her. Um, so they took her away. He never got to see her again. And then um, he apparently died and the other co-author, um, the other co-journalist, they both, um, it says, died in 1996 of heart attacks. He had two children and they were homeschooled. And the reason that they took him away was the government said they needed to have a proper education, which sounds like a bullshit reason to take some kids away. Oh, that's interesting because I just have the in his thing here just one daughter. Okay, so he had two kids. 
That's a, I mean, that's a, that's what I read about it. Like, no, that's like, good. But I love it. I love that you, you looked it up too. I yeah, thought for sure you'd be like, Wes's office fucking rocker. I don't know why don't I'm know. doing this. Okay. Um, thank you. No, I think this is interesting. And it, it's like, this is, I think one of those cases where it could be coincidence, but there's a lot of coincidences. Yeah. So I don't, I mean, once in a while coincidence. I think most coincidences are coincidences, but when there's a lot of coincidences, then that seems to be a trail. Yeah. No, I agree. It makes you think. So he also believed that movies, uh, sci-fi movies and stuff like that are predictive programming. So if we were to take into account a lot of uh, sci-fi movies, say even in the last 20 years from like, you could say Independence Day, alien invasion mm-hmm. movie, government always kept it secret. We have the technology. We knew about it all the time. Um, and then even to um, the Amy Adams movie, The Arrival, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, where uh, we can communicate with them. They're here. You know, that kind of thing. But there's this whole kind of they're more powerful than us. They're scarier. Um, that kind of whole feeling he believed was predictive programming. Now, of course, he didn't see these modern movies. To him, it was Star Wars, Star Trek, and probably Alien. Just to be clear, that movie is called Arrival, not The Arrival. Okay, thanks. The, the Arrival starred Charlie Sheen and was oh, also an Alien movie. That was a good movie, though. I actually <laughs> like that to, Charlie Sheen they're movie. They're trying to tear it. Yeah, they're trying to terraform the Earth. Yes. They're trying to make it warmer that was for their movie. kind. All right, so Project Bluebeam. Here are the four steps. That's that's why there's global warming. Aliens. I'll buy that. <laughs> they gave us the the combustion engine so that they could warm up the planet. It's all they're they're playing the long game. Oh, because they only survive off of heavy that just uh, has carbon, to be warmer. The, uh, the monoxide earth is, warmer earth. The earth is too cold. Yes. Yep. Because they're like lizard people. That's funny because that's the plot of uh The Last of Us is the reason why the uh, fungi, a certain type of fungi that can infect human brains can survive and take over people and make them zombie-like is because the earth got warmer and uh, <laughs> otherwise it wouldn't be able to survive. All right, so uh, Project Bluebeam, according to uh, Surge, comes in four steps. Step one, you break down archaeological knowledge. So what this means is that there would be earthquakes that would happen on purpose, or he would say faking earthquakes at specific locations around the world in order to get rid of certain religious artifacts. And in the rubble of those engineered earthquakes, uh, there would be new discoveries of uh, religious documents that uh, basically are counter to Christianity or Islam or most main um religions on earth. So, uh, they would, they would plant those though. Those would be hoaxes in order to create the new world religion. So that's, and and then there'd be miraculous things, of course, that would go along with that. So hoax discoveries was kind of his thing. Hmm. Step two would be air airspace holograms that will first appear as UFO. Then they'll appear as a God. So he, in his mind, he, he saw it as, they would project from satellites holograms of Jesus to certain people and Muhammad to other people, and that he would, um, that the government would basically um, also through lasers. And actually, this is this is not as funny as it sounds. This is actually not pseudoscience. Um, I actually have on my screen here popular mechanics talking about how lasers can then be shot into people's um, brains and sounds can be heard. 
or they can be shot at inanimate objects next to people and you can talk to them through those things. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and you, he thought they would use, because this is 1990 technology, RF waves. So low frequency radio UHF rays and stuff like that, that could, people would hear voices in their head. And that's not beyond the pale because there's actually through the church committee, the CIA was working on such things um, to, to use. So, um, so satellites project from space, much like how um, a bunch of people in Hawaii saw China throw down a bunch of um, images or lasers from um, uh, Chinese satellites. I don't know if you remember that New York post had it February 11th, 2023. Experts say green laser beams spotted off Hawaii came from Chinese satellite and a whole bunch of laser beams, a big laser show from a satellite. Oh, did they put it to Pink Floyd? God, wouldn't that be awesome? That would be amazing. Yeah, I wish you were here. space Pink Floyd Uh laser Uh show. Yeah, sign me up. (laughs) So so, the reason why I bring that up is because what he's saying might have sounded crazy in the 90s, but today, like, you know, Coachella had Tupac as a hologram <laughs> dancing on a stage. Yep, poorly. Poorly. But that was, what, 2007, 2006? I mean, yeah. so the technology does advance. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe it wasn't just at that time it wasn't going to happen, but maybe later as technology advances. Um. So anyways, so that was step so what two. Do you, what do you project down to non-religious people? Uh, well, so I think you would have to play the odds, right? So, um, are there more adherents of a religious belief than, than not in the world? Mm -hmm. I would say that there's probably more adherence to a religious belief around the world than there are not. Yeah. Okay. So, so they would hit maybe the major ones like Jesus, uh, the second coming of Jesus and maybe Muhammad. Yeah. But Muhammad's not a God. He's not. A, he's a prophet. Yep. So he would be heralding in the second coming of Jesus to yeah, Muslims. But, but but Muslims wouldn't think they don't they don't treat. So Jesus and Muhammad are not the same yeah. in Christianity. Jesus is a deity. Yep. In Islam, Muhammad is a prophet. He's a prophet. So him showing him showing up as like a cloud person, mm-hmm. I think would have a negative effect. I, I feel like people I agree with in you. Islam would be like, that's shady as fuck. That is not, that's not Muhammad. That's an evil spirit or it would be something else. So I think it would terrify people more than it would like bring them together. I don't know though. If, but I don't know if, if that's Jesus true. Not, appearing I'm, would be the same because they consider Jesus a prophet as well. Yes, they do too. Yes. yes. So, so uh, I could definitely see it where like if Jesus showed up in the United States, especially yep. in the Bible belt, it being this like, here it comes, but people would also panic and it would, I, I feel like they'd immediately go to revelations and be like the world's ending. Yeah. This is the rapture. He's come this to is, take this us is home. The rapture. Here we go. Yes. So like, how do you, yes. how do you navigate that to get people to pull together? How do you navigate that? Yeah. So. Especially over the last couple of years where we're very divided. Um, mm-hmm. you know, we're looking for ways out, <laughs> so to speak. We think the world's gone mad or crazy or whatever. Um, and then you throw a projection of Jesus that, you know, thousands of hundreds of thousands, millions of people see in the sky. And then step three, uh, there's a telepathic electronic two-way communication. So you now you're hearing this holographic image talking to you in your head. 
<laughs> saying that you're they're he- this, hearing voices. Yeah, you're hearing voices. Um, and again, like I said, I have a I have a, a wired video, and um, DARPA has been working on sonic uh, hearing, uh, mm-hmm. where they can work and you know put voices in people's heads, not in a way in which they think they're crazy, but if they're in a hostage situation or something like that, that they could, you know, if the person can't hear them or if they're not answering a phone, they can project something in their head. Or like a, a beam or a piece of wood near them, they can shoot a laser that would make a sound like a record player as it plays across it or hits it, where you can project a voice upon it, which is a cool trick. And you know, there's mm-hmm. a lot of, um, you know, there's a, a Gizmodo has schizo beam can put voices in your head from afar. Uh, so there's there's an article here about uh, the Pentagon working on such technology, and then there's a um, I had a uh, popular mechanics article too about it and so what's the what's the goal behind all of this like just it's a control just like everything else new world order like one world and, government and how is that bad so do you think one world government is good or bad i never really thought about it. um yeah. so I one world it's... government would would so i i think the idea behind a one world government is that basically you lose autonomy um a lot of people fear that you would basically be beholden to um, more of like a, a a free prison. So you you have the sense that you're free, but you're actually locked into uh, the city or the state that you're in as as a prisoner. Um, that so they, you wouldn't be able to move freely like we do like yes. in the United States. Yeah, would you just be stuck to the United States or? Yeah, it's kind of like the fifteen minute cities that they're proposing and they're putting in like Oregon and stuff like that, where no cars are allowed in these cities and you can only travel in these certain areas. And if you travel outside, you know, like your car shut down or whatever, those kind of things where they have complete the like certain people, so not elected officials either, which is a lot of uh, UN. Um, and I'm just, I'm giving you the highlights of the conspiracy here, uh, how the UN, um, you know, is, is kind of like the governing body of the whole world. Uh, so these wouldn't be elected officials. These would be appointed people that get to make laws for the whole world, um, and try to unify it in that way. Uh, I, so I, the 15 minute city thing, I just did a quick Google search mm-hmm. and I feel like this is one of those ideas that gets a little out of hand because the idea of a 15-minute city is that you don't have to travel any further than 15 minutes to have all the services that you need, right? But like limiting you to a 15-minute service, I don't, that's not the intent of it. I mean, and this makes sense in, from an equity standpoint already because we have neighborhoods that don't necessarily have grocery stores or access to health care. Sure, yeah, and there's ideas, a lot so you of, can create, yeah, food deserts. You create these pockets that, that make it so that people have access to everything they need without having to travel really far to get it. I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, but the idea that we would create these cities and, and not let people leave them, like not a lot of people are going to sign up for that. Well, so they wouldn't at first. They would think this is great. And then with uh, central digital currency and uh, social credit scores, if you start adding pieces of it to the whole thing, all of a sudden you can't leave your 15 minute city because you don't have the social credit score because you're not a great citizen. And now you can only go to these certain shops because they'll, these certain shops will only take your money where other shops won't take your money because you're not a good citizen. So kind of like, like in China, if you're a bad citizen, you can't 
get an airplane ticket, you can't fly anywhere. The government has. Yeah, that whole thing, I think, is a little shady. So I wouldn't want to do that. So so that's the fear, right? So if they start if they start putting you in like little ghettos uh, is kind of the idea. It seems like it would become like a, a small ghetto in which now they can kind of control you a little better uh, because you're not a big population. You're a small little city. And this is also the fear of smart cities. I'm not telling you that I agree with this. I'm just telling you what, what the thinking is behind it. Um, sure. But to, to what end? Like it's a lot control. of control. It's just control. Like, but, but usually it's control because of money. And how is that profiting you if you're putting all this energy into keeping people from? I mean, that's a great question, John. To what end? Yeah. Like, yeah. I understand control, but control money goes so far. Yep. I agree with you 100%. There's got to be a money reason behind it. And I'm not saying that there isn't one. Well, power is know. more than money, right? I mean, they probably well, power won't. is money. You only want power because it gives you money. Sure. I mean, most people. I and mean, there are people that just want to be in charge. Like, I, I think Donald Trump is one of those people that just thinks they're so self-important that they should be in charge and wants to be in charge sure. and wants to be praised all the time. Yep. Um, I think Bill Gates is one of those people. I think, I think, I think a lot of people want to be that. I think Elon Musk is one of those people. Definitely. Yeah. So, so that, so the next step, step three was the telepathic electronic two-way communication. So now everyone hears in their own language, and this is with the help of AI, because AI could be a big help here. Um, everyone hears in their own language, uh, this big holographic deity that looks very real to them, speaking to them about a new religion, a, a new way to live in a religious way. Um, humans want that. I think humans want a, a thing that they can place a faith in or a belief in. Um, and, and, uh, and I think that builds community. I think that's why I think religion is good. I, I don't think it's a necessarily evil, but I think it's a good, and I think it can turn evil because I think we pervert things as people. But, um, so I think that's part of it. It's part of the control. And then step four is to make humankind think there's an alien invasion across the globe, uh, make Christians believe the rapture's happening. And I'm simplifying this. Uh, so this, of course, this will make Christians think the rapture's happening, that they, that they should believe in this. Um, and then there, he goes into a, a weird place, because as a Christian himself, um, this is a place that kind of gets a little odd for me, uh, where he believes that there are supernatural forces that will use electronic um, electronic things uh, to go through fiber optic cables and phones and power lines um, in order to basically torture you, um, to basically make you think of that you're being attacked by demonic presences, um, and then these presences, of course, are aliens, or their aliens are definitely uh, demonic. Hmm. They should have done this long before. Well, I mean, maybe there's still time, but way before we got legalized because yeah. I mean, if you're sitting around and getting stoned and you're hearing voices, you're just going to be like, yeah, that does. I'm fucked up. I'm going to bed. Yeah. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make some eggs first. So he said, uh, so, and, and so there's in step four, these are the three things make humankind think there's an alien invasion, make Christians believe the rapture is happening. And then the electronic part. And then he said here, um, he says a third orientation, this is his own words, in the fourth step is a mixture of electronic and supernatural forces. The waves used at the time will allow supernatural forces 
demonic things to travel through optical fibers, coaxial cables, electrical phone lines in order to penetrate everyone at once through major appliances. Embedded chips will already be in place. Then this is the whole 5G thing. Uh, the goal of this deals with global satanic ghosts projected all around the world in order to push all populations to the edge of hysteria and madness and to drown them into a wave of suicide, murder, and permanent psychological disorder. After the night of the thousand stars, that's what he calls it, worldwide population will be ready for the new Messiah to reestablish order and peace at any cost, even at the cost of abdication of freedom. So what he didn't know at 1994 is Wi-Fi or cell towers or any other kind of communication thing that can be used in these things. So that's number one. Um, he, he's talking about optical fibers and coaxial cables, which mm-hmm. I don't think most homes even have anymore. Um, and that well, the, he, cell, the cell phone existed at that point. Yeah, but not in the not in the way. It wasn't as ubiquitous ubiquitous as it is now. But yeah, it was a brick. And Dana actually mm-hmm. had one of early Nokia. Like it was big. Mm-hmm. And it was dumb. And I had a buddy who had a Ford Explorer that actually had it like a car phone. Like the phone was built into the car. <laughs> yeah. Like where the gear shift should be on the floor was where the mm-hmm. phone was. And it had like a cord to it like you're at home. <laughs> and that was that was fun. So um, just to, to support your, your statement, yeah. I just looked it up really quick. When was Wi-Fi invented? 1997. Mm. And he died that in 96. That was when IEEE 802.11, the the Wi-Fi standard, the first Wi-Fi standard was created. Nice. Linksys. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he talked about phasing out of cash and independence. Um, he was kind of ahead of his time in that, but I don't think it was too hard for people to see that eventually we would be a cashless society because credit cards and stuff like that were kind of, you know. Yeah. So like, let me ask you related to that. So mm-hmm. bef- before the pandemic and after the pandemic, the way you spent money, did it change? No. Yeah, I was using cards already, so like it changed almost nothing. Yeah. So I didn't. I did the the whole fear over like dirty cash making me sick. Just I thought was kind of silly. Oh, yeah, over the that top. one's weird. Yeah that that one is a, that was a fear mongering tactic. If anyone believed in that, uh, that yeah, for yeah, sure, dirty money would make you sick. Um, I mean, it's all covered in cocaine, and cocaine kills everything. Yeah, that's right. Including brain cells. That's right. I mean, cash is awesome because it can be anonymous. There's no yes, trail. For sure. Um, going to credit or digital currency obviously tracks you. And mm-hmm. when our current government tells us that anything $600 or over, they want receipts for. Um, $600 where I think yeah, before it was $10,000. Ri- it's ridiculous. It means they want to know what you're buying. So they're, it's mm-hmm. it's becoming more intrusive. Uh, yeah. which makes it scary. It makes cash more valuable, but who uses cash? Yeah. Well, and cash is only valuable in, in that the government says it's valuable. Yes. Or whatever's so like, backing behind it. They could very much, like we left the gold standard years ago, they could very much like just devalue our cash and then it's, and now we're stuck with the credit. Yep. All right. So that was Project Bluebeam. Uh, some of it I think is... Uh, the Christian part of me, the the believer in Jesus Christ part of me, uh, I do believe that there will be a time in which I do believe that there will be a time in which there is a um, a second coming. I don't know when that is. 
and Jesus himself in the Bible says, you know, that we don't know the time or the place or the hour. And, and I think a lot of apocalyptic cults and religions are based off of revelation. Um, I just live my life and, uh, if things happen things happen, but you know, you're, you're supposed to test everything to the Bible. And, uh, so if, if I saw a large hologram and stuff like that, I'd be skeptical more than I would be all for it. Mm -hmm. Um, and the Bible even talks about a lot of false Christs that will false messiahs that will come, um, including we can even get into Benjamin Krem and the Matriaya, um, that kind of stuff. So there's, there's already been a lot of people who've claimed to be Jesus and the second coming of Jesus already. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's just not, uh, it's not a thing that I necessarily think about. I just think about trying to be the best follower of Jesus Christ now. And I believe that I will know when I know. And, uh, and I just stuff that stuff like that makes us skeptical. And I do believe, I do believe that our government would, uh, prey upon people who are, um, quote unquote fanatical about their religious beliefs. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they already do. Yeah. Like it's, uh, it, I mean, it, that's a bigger topic of discussion, sure. like the second coming. Um, but like the government and our politicians already leverage the, what they believe our internal beliefs are to get the things that they mm. want. Yeah. You know, this idea that they're doing it out of the goodness of their hearts is total bullshit. Yep. These assholes that are in charge know that certain people are susceptible to certain fear-mongering and tactics, and they leverage that to get whatever it is they want to get done. Yeah. Let's make people afraid so that I can do whatever I want. Yep. Yep. It's fucked up, Wes. It is fucked up. And that's, you know, that's why, you know, I always ask the question of people when I talk to them, uh, do would they rather have security or freedom? Because uh, I always vote, I always vote freedom. Uh, I think freedom is better. I think there's, there's something about the human spirit, uh, whatever you want to call that, that wants freedom. Uh, of course, we always want security, but the security usually comes out of a place of fear, and freedom always comes out of a place of of love and wanting to expand and to know more. Uh, when we're scared, we want security. We don't want freedom. And but so, can you also argue that if you don't have security, you don't necessarily have freedom either? Mm. Like if you're afraid, I don't remember ever saying that. Even but. even if you have the ability to go and do whatever you want, yeah. If you don't, if you don't feel safe and secure, you're not going to go and do that. So, what's the point in having freedom if you don't have security? I don't I, think they're polar opposites. You don't? No, I don't think so. Mm, I think they are. You know, I, I do think that we do live in a world where we give up some personal freedoms so that as a society, we can run and are secure. Um, but I don't want people to be allowed to do whatever the fuck they want all the time in the name of my personal freedom, because that also means that they have the ability to take away my freedom. Yeah. I mean, that's the risk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I mean, there's a, so there's a, there's a balance. I mean, I, okay. So I believe that, uh, that we should have freedom. I, I don't believe that a government should tell us what to do, I guess is basically what I mean by freedom. I believe okay. that as people, we could, we can navigate the world ourselves the best we can, though it would be imperfect. 
um, which I also believe the government is very imperfect as well. But I believe that we can navigate the world ourselves and, and understand one another that, okay, I'm not going to fuck with you because I need to cohabitate with you in some way and to live among you. But I want to do what the fuck that I want to do. And, and that means not necessarily hurting people. Right. So mm-hmm. I think there's an understanding of morality and ethics that go along with that. Um, that I don't need a government to tell me what's moral and what's It's a social contract. It's a social contract. I agree with that. Uh, but I also carry guns. So <laughs> I do believe in the personal security that I get to have the freedom to to use if I feel threatened by someone else in a deadly way. But couldn't you argue that you are you are gaining your personal freedom by creating security? No, because by, I'm not by I'm having not f- firearms. But that's only as a personal protection. It's not something that I use to push my push my way into a place where people give me more freedom. Does that make sense? If if you didn't have your firearms, would you feel less free to move about as you do? Uh, well, I always feel less free to move about as I do, even with firearms. Sure. Okay. So, um, in the world that we live in right now, I think the firearm. Mm-hmm. All the firearm does is allows me to personally protect myself in a life and death situation. And that's how I see a firearm as personal mm-hmm. protection. Um, not as a, not as an offensive thing, but as a defensive sure. thing. But that's security. That's like locking your doors at night or. Sure. But I also, you know. I also believe in taking care of yourself and, you know, knowing how to in some way fight so mm-hmm. that there's some way that you, if you had to, whether it be flight or fight, that you could do either. And and honestly, I believe like if, if I were to get into a uh, argument with someone at a bar, I would run before I would fight. Mm-hmm. And not because I'm a coward, but because that shit ends terribly usually. Yeah. And I'm and hopefully I'm not inebriated enough to understand that that I've already made that yeah. decision in my head to f- to run rather than to fight. Just because I know it's tough guy thing to fight, but. I also don't yeah. want my head cracked on the sidewalk either. It's not a tough guy thing to die. Yeah, and I don't want to kill someone else either. Like I do no. not want to kill someone else. No, not at all. So as a human, so I guess I, my, my I guess my point is like there are things that we do in our lives to give ourselves security so that we free feel free to move. Hmm. And without those things, or even sleep, like maybe it's not moving. Maybe it's things as simple as sleeping or being at home. But sure. like we have locks on our doors and. Yeah. We have firearms, we have cameras, we do all these things to make us feel secure so that we feel free and um, unimpeded by other people. Like if somebody breaks into my house in the middle of the night, they're taking away my personal freedom, right? Yeah. So I'm doing things to mitigate that. Yeah. Right? So like, I don't think they're exclusive. I don't think you have, I don't think they're necessarily a trade-off. I I Um, get your point. I I get your point. I see it. But what I'm thinking is in the way in which the government uh, tells you what, what you can and cannot do in order to make you safe. Uh, I would rather so I think have. There's a, I, th- I do think we swing um, a bit far on the, we need to tell you to protect yourself from yourself mode. Like I know. We have too many warning labels yeah. that don't make any sense. We need to do away with that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, but there are things that the government's done that I think are really good, like seatbelts, mandatory seatbelts, I think is a great thing. It's saved a ton of lives. Yeah, I'm not against seatbelts. No. You know, so yeah. there's so there's like there's some some things but that's, that actually that's make a sense commonsensical thing. 
Yeah, but the argument against it when they first started mandating it was my personal freedoms. I get to do what I want. Don't tell me what to do. And now I we just all do it. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe that's the risk of some of the other restrictions on personal freedoms is that they put it in as this, it's good for you, uh, and everybody fights back at, about it initially, but over time we all adapt and fall in line. Yeah. And I, it could be something really terrible, sure. like less ubiquitous than than seatbelts, something more um, imposing. Yeah. Well, I, I think I think people are mostly scared of situations in which if you um if you say something that is true but it goes against a a narrative that a government is proposing and they decide that is a a a speech that is terrorist that is hate that is um whatever the the milieu of the of that's going on right now in the world, whoever's in power, you know, they all change what is right and what is wrong speech that they would, um, do something drastic in which you would lose freedoms just from speaking an opinion. Um, you know, those kind of things I think are scary and should be, have heavy weight to them so that they're not something like, well then fuck you. You can only eat, you know, um, bugs this week, you can't have actual food or Mm. you can't have vegetables or anything. You know what I mean? That kind of dystopian type thing that we can easily slip into. I think we can slip into and other countries have slipped into as we've seen like bread lines in Russia and all those kind of things where governments have total control over their citizens and it doesn't end up well. A lot of people die and starve to death and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, it sounds like the problem that you're talking about is like the government's done a really good job of making us reliant on them for our own survival. Yes. And so I'm not saying we need to move into like full survival mode, but we should be more self-sufficient. I agree. And I think we should be taught how to be more self-sufficient. Like I think, Mm -hmm. I think the gun problem in America, the quote unquote gun problem in America with people killing people with guns in mass ways. Like if we taught gun education, and how to use a gun and the purpose of gun and the weight of owning a firearm is like, it's not a toy. There's like a heavy weight of what it might feel to kill another living thing mm-hmm. to take that into so, consideration. There's a whole nother podcast, Wes. I know but we do have more guns in this country than any other country. And we also have more gun deaths than any other country Yep, by a long way. But I don't think people who are, uh, uh, yeah, this is another podcast. Responsible, <laughs> responsible <laughs> owners of guns go around shooting people. Um, but that's another no, podcast. I, I fully this, agree with that. Okay, this is Project. You know I like shooting guns. You saw me you Project Bluebeam to prove it. Yeah, was shooting at those alien ten. Guns. Yes, yeah. You're all going to be happy when you have the guns to shoot at the aliens. Let me tell you. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> Our little Don't take my beer. <laughs> yeah. What was it in Independence Day? There was uh, they talked about at Los Angeles. People, gang members were shooting at the alien <laughs> rag, aircraft. Yeah, please stop shooting at the alien <laughs> aircraft. You might start an intergalactic war. That's right. That was good. <laughs> well, John, thanks for uh, rolling down this uh, path of nonsense. And uh, no, no, I think it's good. I appreciate it. And well, so like like we've talked about before, like a lot of these things that fall under the conspiracy thing or the unexplained, like there is a a tidbit of truth in all of it. But what is the actual truth? 
Yeah. And what is the bullshit that has been piled around it? Yep. You know, and some, and we're not always going to be able to like being able to have a conversation or think about these things and know that you don't have to have an answer. Yeah. Like that's okay. We don't know. It's okay to not know. Yeah. We don't know everything. I mean, I know a lot of shit, but this is not one I know all the things on. And it's okay to allow your mind to kind of wander in these places and to think about yeah. these things. And and don't automatically discredit somebody that has been billed as a wacko because yep. what somebody else told you. Feel free to look into it. And have an open mind. Dig into it. Critically think about it. Like some of the things people say that might sound on the surface very legit are clearly bullshit. But vice versa, things that come from somebody who sounds totally wacko might be actually very reasonable and yeah. accurate. Well, I, I think media, um, I think our media and, uh, and our government does a good job of someone who's trying to expose something like take Snowden, for example, they vilify them for exposing truths. And Did you think this is an, also another whole podcast? Right? <laughs> Did you think Snowden was a bad guy? Nope. I never thought he was a bad guy either. Nope. Like I get what they were talking or about. Or Assange. Upset, I don't think Assange like, was either. I think if our government's yeah. doing shady shit, it should be, it should be shown. Assange was, Assange was a bit of a wacko though. He got kicked out of the, the sure. consulate because of his like weird dressing up his cat and wandering the halls. Like I was a weirdo, but that doesn't mean that his message wasn't, yeah wasn't true. Yep. But then, yeah, you're right. It's, it's no different than when police come on and they're like, Oh, well he had some marijuana in his pocket. That's why we shot him in the back. Yep. Like, so he's a, he did drugs and now he deserves to be murdered. Yeah. No. Or like uh, one of the guys that was uh, investigating uh, the Clintons, uh, he suicided himself by two shots to the head. That's how I would do it. <laughs> Just to be sure. Just to be sure. Because <laughs> the one didn't do it. I had to shoot myself again twice in the head. Maybe maybe he did like you do with like the nail guns when you're doing the sighting and you accidentally <laughs> double tap and he just accidentally, like he just, he just accidentally triggered it twice. It's a hair trigger. <laughs> well, folks, thank you so much for listening to this uh, balderdash nonsense. And uh, John, it was good being able to hook up with you again and talk. Uh, Hopefully, yeah. um, so let's see, next week you won't be home yet, will you? Yeah, you'll be home uh, next week. I get back next Wednesday. Yeah, so maybe we can do Thursday and uh, we'll do one uh, here live in the basement. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and that'll be episode 49. And then uh, I think you'll be home for episode 50 in March. Ooh. And that'll be fun. Maybe too. 49 would be a good one because 49 is a prime number. 49. Maybe we no, can do not a, a prime number. It's a not a prime number. It is a that's seven squared. Maybe we could do a test run a of the live of 49 and then do it's the big one number. on 50. I love doing the big one. The big one. And uh, John, I know your virginity is grown back. Hopefully it'll, uh, you'll be deflowered again shortly. Also so. not a thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you folks for tuning in to Beer, Bourbon, and Balderdash. If you made it to our one and 38 minutes. We Holy really appreciate shit. that you've listened. This is like a classic beer, bourbon, and ball and ash mm-hmm. before we started cutting it short. And we uh, thank say. you. And comment. Tell us all about what you think about Project Blue Beam and UFOs. And Trey, again, I'm talking to you, Tim. Yeah. Tim. Tim. And leave us comments and leave us reviews. And uh, we thank you so much for listening. All right, John. Good night, buddy. Thanks, kids. Good night. All right. Love you. Fuck. Oh, fuck. Beep, fuck. Beep, fuck. Beep, fuck. Bye.
Bye. <laughs>